Howdy and welcome to your dog's best life. This is Leanne. Um, today, I want to talk about something kind of serious. So recently, there's been a video traveling around on Facebook of, it's a very disturbing video, of a, what looks like a pit bull terrier type dog attacking a rather large Percheron type um, cart horse. And in the video, the, this pity type dog is repeatedly going after the horse and the door the horse is just trying to defend itself it's actually it's, it's in a cart it's hooked up and it but it has whopping big feet and it's doing a pretty good job of of smashing this little dog and everybody's trying to get to the dog without getting bit by them by the dog or hit by the horse so it's a complete shit show and it's very upsetting, obviously, for multiple reasons. I guess the cart was full of little kids, and of course, it's very traumatizing, and a, a woman was injured. I believe the horse's owner uh, was, was injured trying to intervene, and the horse, of course, was injured, I don't believe, very badly, and the dog uh, sustained life-threatening, well, life-ending injuries. I bring this up because... Uh, if you read, you know, the comment section is always where you find the heart of people. And if you read the comment section, there's a lot of antipath, how do you say that word? Antipathy, antipathy, anger towards the pit bull and the pit bull's owners. I'm just, and I'm saying pit bull, I'm not saying I know what this dog is. It looked like a pity type thing. And that it the dog should be euthanized. And then, of course, it's announced later on that in the comments that it was, in fact, euthanized because of the injuries. And I think it's really important that we all step back a little bit and look at cases like this through not the lens of morality. Was the dog bad? Is he immoral? And look at that, look at more of it at, as a lens of what is appropriate for a dog and what is appropriate for... A dog of that type and how better we should look at situations like this. So going back a ways, I was invited many years ago to be on one of those weird online panels where you can ask a question for money and then a professional will come on and answer the question. And uh, it failed because they had a money back guarantee and people quickly learned that they could just claim that they didn't like the answer. And so there you go. But anyway, uh, many of the questions I, I fielded, I, I fielded a bunch of just kind of random veterinary questions where most of the answers were go to the vet, but a lot of them were my dog killed a critter. Is my dog now bad? Are my children safe? Uh, you know, I believe there's one where, uh, the neighbor's chihuahua puppy dug underneath the fence and the, her dog, a larger dog predated the chihuahua, you know, ran across the yard, grabbed it, shook it, killed it. And, you know, was her children safe? And I'm like, well, unless your children dress up in chihuahua costumes and frequently dig under fences, I think it's probably pretty safe. And I say that tongue in cheek, but I understand it can be traumatizing for people because we live in a society that has decided that dogs are little people with hair instead of wolves living in our house. And I think that there's where the paradigm shift is causing confusion and probably causing a lot of undue pain and agony for dogs and humans and in the case of this horse, horses alike. So the other day, uh, conveniently this week also, not only do I see this 
really shockingly very upsetting video. But my own uh, failure of a border collie, Ketchum, so this is my senior 13-year-old border collie, grabbed one of my sheep through the fencing and really damaged her tail. And I mean, it was, it was bad. And unfortunately, that's what dogs do. She's a predator. And she's, that's the reason she's not a herding dog is because she doesn't have the right mental decision-making. She wants to full-on eat sheep instead of stopping at the I stalk chase stage. She wants to go on to the consume stage. So let's go back and discuss a little bit about what happens if your dog kills another animal. So whether the animal is the rabbit that you decided to bring home and let loose in your house or in the hutch, you know, a little rabbit hutch in your daughter's bedroom and or the chicks that you brought home from Tractor Supply or the neighbor's cat, the rabbit that got into your yard, the neighbor's chihuahua that dug, puppy that dug underneath the yard or, you know, something bigger. You know, maybe your dog went after a, a steer while you were hiking. What does that mean? What it means is that your dog is a predator and that we have to understand that predators have instincts and no one judges a cat for bringing home a bird. No one. No one says, oh my God, my cat killed a bird. Should I euthanize my cat? Because we all understand that cats are predators, but somehow we've forgotten that dogs are predators too. And in fact, unlike cats, dogs were apex predators. They were the top of the line in their in their niche in nature. Wolves have no, predator, uh, have no predators. Cats have always had predators. I think what we have to understand is, let's look at this picture. Let's look at the picture of the horse and the pit bull terrier type dog. Pit bull terriers are bulldogs. That is what they were bred for. That is why the word bull is in their name. And then they moved into pits for fighting each other. So when a pit bull terrier sees a large quadruped, their instinct says, aha, here be a bull. I know what to do with bulls. You jump on them and you try to eat them. And well, you can say, well, that's not right. That's not how they should be in society. And well, his genetics don't tell him that he's living in society now. And I don't know what happened. I don't know how the pit bull got loose. And again, I keep saying pit bull, but could be any sort of bull type dog. Um, I don't know if the owner had him on a leash and he slipped the leash or they dropped the leash or he was just running loose. I have no idea. But let's Let's say if the owner was walking along and the terrier, the pity, saw the horse and broke free and attacked this horse. That's traumatizing. That's traumatizing, obviously, for the horse and the horse's owner and everybody involved in the horse and traumatizing for the owner of the dog and the best day on earth for the dog. Sadly, in this case, it was the last day on earth for this dog because you can't pick a fight with an animal with feet the size of dinner plates and expect to win. But that's what that dog was bred to do. It's not a bad dog. The owner made a mistake. Now, again, assuming, I mean, I don't know. Um, let's say the owner is walking along and, and the leash, the dog slipped out of the collar. Well, pretty much every pit bull on the planet or any bull type dog who has a neck bigger than their head should be wearing some sort of slip type collar, whether it be a martingale or if you go with prongs or you go with choke chains. You need something that will tighten if that dog decides to leave because most of the pity type bulldog types have a bigger neck than they have a head. So all it could be, this could be something as simple as the owner having not understood the type of collar their dog needed to be safely in society. This isn't a bad dog. This is just a dog. 
And it may not be a bad owner. It might just be a naive owner. I think that when we, we get very moral about the behavior of dogs as though they have somehow broken some contract, but a pit bull terrier type dog, any dog with the name terrier in it or any dog with the name bull in it, those dogs, the contract that we've had with them up until very, very recently was if I point you at something and it's alive, your job is to make sure that it's not alive at the end. That's what they were bred to do. It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean they're a savage. It doesn't mean that they're horrible to society. That dog, had he carried on, had he not been so badly injured in the, in the ensuing fight with the horse, had he lived, would not have been a danger to children. He would not have been a danger to, to people. He may not have even been a danger to horses in the future had the owner just taken some time to train the dog. He was a danger because that situation probably had never risen before. The dog had never had access to a horse before. And, you know, opportunity knocked and the dog made a choice. And the choice was driven by genetics and generations and generations of breeding. And the choice happened to be both societally judged as immoral and a bad choice because it ended in his death and again the injury of of people uh, who were just minding their own business my neighbor's dog a little labby mixed thing uh, got loose from well runs loose so we have dogs up here that run loose and whether you believe in that or not is immaterial <laughs> it doesn't matter if i believe in that or the neighbors believe in that but this particular neighbor does believes that your dog should run loose and that's fine my dogs run loose too so However, his dogs tend to cross my property um, on the way to his house when they go hiking. And it was a problem because his dogs would linger on my property and mess around with my chickens. And so I had warned him. I'd said, look, you know, I, you know, I'm getting sheep and uh, yeah, I'm going to try to fence them. But, you know, dogs will spend all day with fencing because they're not, they're not coyotes. They, they, they're not worried about being caught, quote unquote, in the act. They're not shy about testing fencing. And I said, just, you know, I don't want your dogs near my stock, my sheep. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got my sheep and a week and a half later, if that long, uh, his dogs slipped underneath, dug underneath the sheep pen fencing and took down two of my sheep. And thankfully my sheep were, they were, one was very badly injured, but neither one died. My neighbor, of course, was horrified. And my husband said, well, that's a bad dog. I'm like, no, it's not a bad dog. It's just a dog. It's what dogs do when they see livestock. Um, you know, he's a happy, stupid lab, and he just ran and chased the sheep. And then when he'd catch them, he'd kind of gnaw on them a little bit. And that's, unfortunately, the nature of dogs. Now, was it irresponsible of my neighbor? Yes. But probably the reason it was irresponsible of my neighbor as well is... He probably thought that dogs wouldn't do that because they're not bad. You know, it's a morality thing. Well, my dog doesn't do that. My dog's not bad. Well, your dog doesn't have to be bad. Your dog just has to be a dog. And opportunity just has to arise. And that's how it ends. Uh, my younger dogs will, if I allow them access, will kill my chickens. That doesn't mean they're bad dogs. It means that I didn't take the right kind of time at the beginning to make sure that I really proofed them with chickens. I have two young dogs at the same time. Two of them are, you know, two young herding dogs at the same time. And that's not a good recipe if I want to keep chickens alive. Now, if I'm outside, 
with my bird dogs and my birds, they will not even look crosswise at my birds. But if I were to leave my birds loose and go inside, things would likely end badly for my birds. It's not a judgment. My dogs aren't bad. Um, my fencing is good, so I'm solid. So I don't worry about it. I have, and they're not committed. Now, if my dogs hung out at my sh- my sh- pen all day with my chickens and stared at them all day and tried to get in all day, that would be a different conversation. And that would not, again, be about dogs being bad. It would be about me training the dog to deal with the fact that chickens live in their environment and their job is not to kill them. Uh, Actually, before I got my chickens, I had a German shepherd. His name was Dax. He was the coolest dog, but he was a committed murderer of all things fluffy. And he actually tore the front bumpers or the wheel well things. He He tore them up. And tore all the plastic lining out from underneath the wheel wells out of both a Jeep Grand Cherokee and a Toyota Tacoma truck to get to a squirrel that had jumped into the engine compartment. When you have a dog, and he at the time, I think he was probably 11 or 12. When you have a dog with that level of commitment to murdering varmints, it's probably ill-advised to bring home chickens. So I didn't. I... <laughs> I waited until he passed away of natural causes and the Aussie who had similar inclinations. Also, she passed away. Then I got my chickens when I had a bunch of young dogs whose lives, whose behavior I could change, who, you know, who I could mold from the beginning. So I I think that we err massively when we blame dogs for being dogs. When we look at behavior of dogs as good and bad, as opposed to, well, that's what dogs do. What are the genetics that drive this behavior? Yes, it can be stopped. I'm not talking about could we have trained that dog in that circumstance not to do that thing. Of course, that's that's what we all need to do. But having said that, you know, if you own one of these types of dogs and you are walking down the street and you've never been in, you've never encountered a horse and your dog goes berserk and slips backwards through the leash. Well, you're having a shitty day too. And everybody suffers because at some point you were told that all dogs live in some moral land where they do not actually live. And your dog is a quote unquote good dog. Your dog gets along with the cat and it gets along with the canary that lives in your house. But a cat and a canary are not a horse. And your dog is acting on thousands of years of of genetics driving him to do a thing that we see as reprehensible, but he sees as the best day of his life. And that was the truly tragic to me. I don't know something about the video that was really tragic to me was I, I'm watching and it again. It's a really disturbing video. And this, this dog keeps coming back at the horse and the horse is clearly just trying to stomp the snot out of this dog. And the dog's tail is full on wagging. This dog is having the very best day of his life. All his instinctive drive has culminated in this joyous moment of finally doing the thing for which he was bred for a thousand generations. And it's incredibly sad to me, of course, that he lost his life. And it's incredibly sad to me that a horse was injured because, of course, that's where I started my career was horses. I, I understand the fear and panic of a, of a horse in that situation, especially when he's in traces and he can't go anywhere. I mean, that horse was incredibly well behaved and very cool under the circumstances. And, of course, I understand the pain and, and 
and trauma of, of the witnesses. I mean, if I, the video was traumatizing, I can't imagine what it was like to be there in the moment and the owner of the horse and the owner of the dog. But again, for me, it's just so sad to see this dog having finally done the thing he was bred for and it cost him his life. And then on the internet, it's like, well, this dog is horrible. He's a mean dog. He should be euthanized. He's a hazard to society. No, he's a hazard to horses. We don't live in a society infiltrated with horses. I can go days and weeks without seeing a horse. If I own a pit bull that wants to eat horses, it's pretty safe for me. I'm not, I'm not worried. It's not like I own a dog who wants to eat people. Again, I think the biggest thing without, I don't want to keep circling, which is my tendency, is just to really emphasize the idea that these are animals. They are not people wearing fur coats. We have to understand that if you get a powerful breed, if you get a breed and you don't know what the hell it's bred for, you are doing yourself a disservice and you're doing that dog a disservice. You need to understand why your dog exists. Who spent, you know, people spent thousands of years very specifically pulling apart the strands of DNA and reassembling it to create your breed of dog or your mix of breeds of dog. They weren't done for fun. That was not a casual enterprise that people engaged in. That was to build the strongest behaviors within whatever the desired outcome was. And if that strong behavior is if I see a giant quadruped, I go in and I try to eat it. Well, it's probably optimal if A, you understand that, B, you understand that you need the right kind of collar for this dog, and C, you hold the dog on a bloody leash and don't let go. And again, I, I don't know. The dog could have been roaming the streets. I have no idea. Like I said, I, I don't know. But I just think about it. I look at it from the point of view of some naive person having a wonderful day in the park, another group of people also having a wonderful day in the park, and it ends in tragedy for everybody concerned, and there are kind of almost no bad guys. And we don't like that as society. We hate that. We need to blame somebody. Somebody was bad. And not only were they bad, they were evil bad. It wasn't, oh my God, you made a mistake. It was, you are a hideous human being. The dog is evil. It doesn't have to be that way. It could simply be a cascade of horrible events that culminated in a tragedy. And the reason these tragedies occur again and again is because people keep forgetting that they live with an apex predator and that the predator that they live with does not understand that chickens are theirs. They don't understand that these wonderful feathered squeaky toys shouldn't be played with until they stop squeaking and then you move on to the next one. They don't understand that the buying creature with the four legs that runs like the wind, but you stupid is slow enough you can catch, like the stupidest slowest deer, isn't allowed to be caught. That's that's just a ridiculous thing. I mean, I can chase deer. Why can't I chase sheep? So we must always remember to keep sight of the fact that we have an animal living in our household that came from wolves. And it is not bad when our wolf chooses to act wolf-like. What is bad is if we've forgotten that and therefore we act in a careless manner or we don't allow the dog to meet its needs in a correct outlet or we are negligent and think that our dog is quote-unquote good and therefore will not do the thing for which their genes are singing that they should indeed do. So again, this is a very short uh, little podcast rant, but I think it was really important to get out there because I really am troubled by the idea that we are assigning good and evil 
to what is overall a deeply tragic scenario that may have nothing but victims. And again, I can't speak for the owner. I mean, for all I know, you know, he's a deadbeat and the dog's been wandering the streets for weeks. But, you know, the dog was definitely a victim. He was a victim of his genetics and bad and a bad opportunity and a bad moment. And the obviously all the eyewitnesses were victims and the horse was a victim and the the horse's owner who was was it very, I guess, pretty badly injured, was also a victim. But I, I do think it's important to understand that that there really could be, this truly could be a little bit of negligence in a largely victimless, um, or not victimless, like everybody's a victim, a, a crime of, of just complacency. So anyway, a little bit of a downer, but I think I, I do want everybody to understand that you can train these behaviors out of dogs, um, but you always have to be on the kind of lookout for them to rear their ugly head, uh, just because I can train my dogs to behave in my presence with my chickens does not mean I'm going to necessarily trust them to behave in my absence. It's not worth it to me to do the research to find out if I'm going to lose all my chickens if I let my dogs and my chickens out alone together. So what works just like good neighbors is good fencing. And as long as my dogs don't spend all day long at the fence, they can live outside, they hang out, they go down to the chicken coop to chase away the ravens because the ravens are their enemies. They can learn to live in a world where these other animals exist, but you always have to have an understanding that depending on the breeds of the dogs and the drives involved, there could always be a risk that shit will go sideways and somebody will end up in tears. And it's not the dog's fault for being a dog. So anyway... If you like our podcast, please like, share, review, rate. I did it again, all four, woot. I'll talk to y'all later.